Welcome to the home podcast. Through the raging storm, would you hold me in your arms? Song of the week. song called Closer and it's by LifePoint Worship and this is the song of the week and guess what? It's Monday. Um, hope you're doing well. Hope you're warm. It's freaking cold outside and there's snow on the ground. I don't know about you guys but I'm not that ready for it. But it is what it is. It's fall and it's Colorado and it happens. So Got a lot of stuff going on at the home, um, all good stuff, all encouraging stuff, and yeah, we're uh, we're excited for the future. Um, so I guess uh, first couple announcements is we are we are done having Saturday night services um, because we're going to we're going to enjoy fall. Um, we're going. This Saturday, the 14th, we're going to a pumpkin patch. Um, go to our Facebook page and find the event for the location. And then the weekend after that, which is the 21st, we are um, we're doing a night of worship. And we're just going to worship. And it's going to be great. Chris, uh, Chris Mole is going to sing some songs for us and do that. And then the 28th, we're um, partnering with a church called The Way Church in Aurora, Colorado. And we're doing a, the, their kind of harvest party. It's called Buckaroo Roundup. So uh, join us for that. You can also find all of these things on Facebook um, events. And uh, yeah, come check it out. So uh, trying to catch up on um, sermons with you guys. And uh, this week's is titled Vapor. And Madison's being really loud. She wants to make dinner. She's got this slippery jacket on, making a lot of noise. So sorry. Thanks, Madison. But we're going to preach, okay? She's not going to make dinner for the next 30 minutes of this podcast. But we're going through this uh, this message called Vapor, and I, this is kind of loud, huh? Let me turn it down. Better? Yeah. Okay, so we're going through this message called Vapor, and um, again, we are we're trying to position ourselves to be used and work in tandem with God more and more, and we can only do this if we kind of get rid of some of the, the junk that we struggle with and moving closer in faith to Him. 
First, I want to talk about our current position. Our current position is we're on Earth. We're in this universe, and we're on this temporary, um, uh, I guess, life, if I can use that. The universe is 13.77 billion years old, science says. Okay, I don't know. And frankly, you don't know, so you can argue with me too. The Earth is 4.54 billion years old, and humans have only been around for 200,000 years. So let me put this into perspective. If you were to stretch out your arms, and that represented the Earth's history, and then you took a nail file to the edge of your nail, you would have wiped out the entire human history. Just a glimpse, right? It's just a dusting of the magnitude of what God has actually created. I don't know if you guys have heard of a guy named Carl Sagan, but he said this, look at that dot, that's here, that's home, that's us. On it, everyone you love, everyone you know, everyone you have ever heard of, every human being who ever was lived out their lives. The aggregate of our joy and suffering, thousands of comfort, or sorry, thousands of confident religions, ideologies, and economic doctrines, every hunter and forager, every hero and coward, every creator and destroyer of civilization, every king and peasant, every young couple in love, every mother and father, hopeful child, inventor and explorer, every teacher of morals, every corrupt politician, every superstar, every supreme leader, every saint and sinner in the history of our species lived out on a mode of dust suspended in a, sus in a sunbeam. That's earth. You know, guys, we work, we laugh, we cry, we dream, we have things, and we look at life and all we have, all we've ever experienced is to this point, and it's our only reference, and it looks scary, and it looks overwhelming. We get worried about our future and what boy or girl we might date or marry. We all get worried about what college we will or will not attend. We put all of our hope on things of present, and we get stressed and overwhelmed. Tonight, we're going to talk about vapor. And I'm saying tonight because it is tonight for me. You see, when we think of vapor, I think of smoke. And some of us think we're pretty special, you know? Some of us think we are um, our own celebrities in our own movie, and we think the carpet rolls out just for us, and um, we're our own snowflake. We're special. Snowflakes are all different and are very intricate in detail and, and have amazing design on them if you look at them through a microscope. And they're beautiful. Yeah, they're super beautiful. But when we back up the microscope, they all look the same. They're just snow. They all hit the ground, they melt, and then they evaporate into vapor. So yeah, the Lord spent a lot of time on you and his creation, but it's all vapor. It's all smoke. You see, it is easy for all of us to say, I'm living for the Lord. That's easy to say, but are we really? As we, ju as we journey through this, just keep a very open mind and let the Lord speak to you. Let the Lord whisper into your ear and may we just take this message and apply it directly to our lives. 
because things get overwhelming. And let's just focus on the eternal lens here. Let's think of things that are forever, not just on this pale blue dot. In James 4, 14 through 17, it reads, Come now, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city and spend a year there and engage in business and make a profit. Verse 14, yet you don't know what your life will be like tomorrow. You are just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. Verse 15, instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and also do this or that. But as it is, you boast in your ignorance. All such boasting is evil. Therefore, to one who knows the right thing to do and does not do it, to him it is sin. Life is short. No matter how long we live, we could live to 400, it's still short. We could live to 10, it's still short. Do not be deceived into thinking we have lots of, rem of remaining time. I believe so wholeheartedly that that's a scheme of the enemy says, oh, you can push it off another day. Oh, you can push it off another day. Oh, you can get in the word another day. <laughs> Do not be deceived into thinking we have lots of remaining time to live for Christ on earth. Don't be deceived into thinking we have lots of remaining time to be with loved ones and even redeem relationships with enemies or do what you know to do. We tend to think that doing wrong is sin. And in this passage we just read in James, sin also means not doing right. We know it is sin to lie. It can also be sin to know the truth and not tell it. We know sin is to speak evil of someone. It's also sin to avoid him or her when you know they need a friend. We as Christians should be willing to help as the Holy Spirit guides us. If the Holy Spirit directs you to do a kind act or serve or restore, we do it. Duh. Because we don't know what's next. We don't know what that one person's going through. We don't know that that person needs to hear truth. And we're just too big of a pansy not to say it. This was a humbling message for me to prepare because you may notice there's a little bit harsher of language than I might normally use and it really struck to the core of, of me when I was preparing this because in this passage in James, it says, you are just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. I'm going to journey to say that everything on earth is meaningless, completely meaningless. It's smoke and vapor, it's smoke and mirrors, and it's just here for a moment and then gone for the next. And when I was doing this live, if you will, and when you could see my face and my hands and stuff, I was lighting a match for every single time I said vapor. So, if you will, envision this. Every single time I say vapor, a match, and then I blow it out and there's smoke. And it's there for a little bit and it goes away. So cars, it's vapor. A house is vapor. Clothes is vapor. Money is vapor. Stress is vapor. Anxiety is vapor. Popularity is vapor. Status is vapor. Rent is status. Uh, is sorry. Rent is vapor. Family is vapor. Grades vapor. Past vapor. Present vapor. Future vapor. Boyfriend, girlfriend, vapor. Here for a moment, gone the next. Fun for a second, gone the next. You see, all of this is vapor to our God. 
And what you'll notice if you view if you lit that many matches, there would be a little bit of smoke in your room, but then it would fade away in about a minute. It's gone. It dissipates. I don't know where it goes, but it goes away. There's a difference between vapor and obedience. I'm not saying give up and shut everything down and go live in a tree and in uh, the middle of nowhere. I'm saying see what God thinks of those things and then act. What does God think of your car? What does God think of your house? What does God think of your relationships? Whatever he thinks, then you act on it. Vapor is here and then gone the next, not worth the stress and fear. Obedience is what is God saying about that thing? Here's an example. Vapor mindset with money is money can't be your God. Obedience mindset with money is God, how do you want to spend this money? Vapor mindset with popularity is a need for self-worth. Obedience mindset with popularity is God, how do you want me to use this platform you have given me? Very different, right? One is for glorifying ourselves, one is for glorifying God. Duh, it makes perfect sense, right? So let's just do it. For the remainder of this message, I wanna focus on this awesome story of a guy named Gideon. This was the ultimate underdog story, and I want to draw your attention to something in the story that is often overlooked. So we're going to go to Judges 6, and we're going to start in verse 11. And I'm just going to kind of read through this and kind of talk as needed. So, uh, yeah, enjoy. Story time with Lex. Judges 6, verse 11. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the turbineth of Ophorah, which belonged to Joshua the Abizarite. Yeah, fun names. While his son Gideon was beating out wheat in the winepress to hide from the Midianites. So, rewind. The Midianites are oppressing Israel. Okay? What I mean by that is they're intimidating. They are kind of power trippy. Okay? So, First thing I want to draw your attention to is Gideon is um, separating the wheat in, uh, or is beating out the wheat in the wine press to hide from the army of Midian, the Midianites, right? This is the ultimate Veggie Tales story. Um, and I want to keep on reading for one more verse. Verse 12 says, And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, The Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. So this is interesting, right? Because they are at war, and Gideon, who, as you might know, is a band geek, and he is hiding in the wine press, okay? Wine presses are usually down in a valley, and there's not much wind in those. So when it says Gideon was beating out wheat in the wine press, it means he was having to work really hard, because usually the wind does all the work. Usually they beat out wheat outside and when the wind can take away the chaff and the wheat then um, is kind of filtered out. So right away we see Gideon operating in what he has decided his identity is. Right? And then we see 
the angel appear on the scene and call him Almighty Man of Valor. You guys catching what I'm kind of going after here? He is operating in his own identity of fear. The angel and the Lord is saying, hey, you're a mighty man of valor. Okay, let's keep on going. Verse 13. And Gideon said to him, please, sir, if the Lord is with us, why then shall all this happen to us? And where are all the wonderful deeds that our fathers recounted to us, saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now of Midian, verse 14, and the Lord turned to him, turned, sorry, and the Lord turned to him and said, go in this might of yours and save Israel from the hand of Midian. Do not I send you. And he said to him, please, Lord, how can I save Israel? Behold, I, behold, my clan is the weakest in Manesh, and I am the least in my father's house. Again, this is Gideon saying, woe is me, and making up excuses for, no way, the Lord can't use me. I'm the weakest, I'm the least in my father's house, and I'm terrified. But the angel says, oh, mighty man of valor. Verse 16, and the Lord says, but I will be with you, and you shall strike the Midianites as one man. And he said to him, If now I have found favor in your eyes, then show me a sign that it is you who speak with me. Verse 18. Please do not depart from me until I come to you and bring out my present and set it before you. And he said, I will stay till you return. I love how casual this is. <laughs> uh, Gideon just casually talking to an angel. It's just hilarious. Verse 19. So Gideon went into the house and prepared a young goat and unleavened cakes from an ephah, a bag of flour, yes. The meat he put in a basket and the broth he put in a pot and brought them to him under the turbaneth and presented them. And the angel said, and the angel of God said to him, take the meat and the unleavened cakes and put it on this rock and pour the broth over them. And so he did. Then the angel of the Lord reached out the tip of his staff that was in his hand and touched the meat and the unleavened cakes. The fire sprang up from the rock and consumed the meat and the unleavened cakes. And the angel of the Lord vanished from his sight. So Gideon needed a sign to know that the Lord was actually speaking to him, even though the angel was literally right in front of him. So he brings out some meat and some broth, and the angel burns it up. And then vanishes and says, okay, you take some time, digest this. Verse 22. Then Gideon perceived, then Gideon finally realized, perceived that he was the angel of the Lord. And Gideon said, oh, alas, O Lord God, for now I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. But the Lord said, and peace, to, peace be to you, do not fear, you shall not die. Then Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it, the Lord is peace. To that day, it still stands. Verse 25. That night, the Lord said to him, take your father's bull and the second bull, seven years old, and pull down the altar the altar of Baal that your father has and cut down the Asherah, I suck at these names, that is beside it. Verse 26. 
and build an altar to the Lord, your God, and build an altar to the Lord your God on top of the stronghold here, with stones laid in due order. Then take the second bowl and offer it as a burnt offering with the wood of the the Asherah that you shall cut down. So Gideon took the took ten men of his servants and did as the Lord told him. But because he was too afraid of his family and the men of the town to do so, he by day he to do it by day, he did it by night. So again, Gideon is still operating in who he is calling himself to be. Still operating in fear, still operating in a lot of insecurity, still not just doing it, you know? He he even had to do it during the night because he was afraid. Let's keep going. 28. When the men of the town rose early in the morning, behold, the altar of Baal was broken down. And the Ashura beside it was cut down, and the second bowl was offered on the altar that has that had been built. And they said to one another, Who has done this thing? And after they had searched and inquired, they said, Gideon, the son of Johash, has done this thing. Verse 30. Then the men of this town said to Joash, Bring out your son, that he may die, for he has broken down the altar of Baal and cut down the Asherah beside it. So Joash said to all who stood against him, Will you contend for Baal, or will you, or will you save him? Whoever contends for him shall be put to death by morning, for he is a god. Let him contend for himself, because his altar has been broken down. That's so awesome. That's so freaking, um, uh, what's a better term? Uh, rad? Yeah. He says, if, you're, if your Baal God <laughs> is so strong, let him get back up on the throne himself. Let him take back his altar for himself. Of course, never happened because he was a fake God. 32. Therefore, on that day, Gideon was called Jerubalah. Jer- I don't know how to say it. Jerubal? Jerubal. Jerubal. No clue. That is to say, let Baal contend against himself because he broke down his, al- his altar. Verse 33. Now all the Midianites and Amalekites and the people of the east came together and they crossed the Jordan and encamped in the valley of Jezreel. But the Spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon and he sounded the trumpet, and the Abizarites were called out to follow him. And he sent messengers throughout all Manesh, and they too called out to follow him. And he sent messengers to Asher, Zabloon, another one, and they went to meet them. <laughs> okay, so he's uh, kind of forming an army here. Verse 36, Then Gideon said to God, If you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said, behold, I am laying a fleece of wool on the threshing floor. If there is dew on the fleece alone and is dry on the ground, then I shall know that you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said. And it was so. When he came early next morning and squeezed the fleece, he wrung out enough dew from the fleece to fill a bowl with water. Then Gideon said to God, Let not your anger burn against me. Let me speak just once more. (laughs) Please let me test just once more with the fleece. Let it be dry on the fleece only, 
and on the floor, let there be dew. Verse 40, and God did so that night, and it was dry on the fleece only, and on the ground there was dew. Isn't the, It's kind of comforting to know that we can like test things against God and say, hey, um, I'm a little worried. I don't know if this is my own pride or my own ego of, or my own anger burning against these people who are oppressing my people. And God kind of honors it and says, hey, um, I understand. I understand that you're a little worried about this. Let me prove myself. It's kind of cool. So now we're going to shift into chapter 7, verse 1. Then Gideon and all of his people who were with him rose early and encamped beside the spring of Herod. And the camp of Midian was north of them by the hill of Morah in the valley. The Lord said to Gideon, The people with you are too many to give the Midianites into their hand, lest Israel boast over me, saying, My own hand has saved me. Now therefore proclaim in the ears of the people, saying, Whoever is fearful and trembling, let him return home and hurry away from Mount Gilead. Gilead. Yeah, I like that. Then 22,000 of the people returned, and 10,000 remained with Gideon. Verse 4. And the Lord said to Gideon, The people are still too many. Can you imagine this? There's a huge freaking army. And the Lord's saying, uh, 10,000 uh, still too many. you gotta, you got to cut this back. The people are still too many. Verse 4. Take them down to the water, and I will test them for you there. And any of whom I say to you, this one shall go with you, shall go with you. And anyone of whom I say to you, this one shall not go with you, shall not go. So he brought the people down to the water, and the Lord said to Gideon, Everyone who laps the water with his tongue as a dog laps, you shall set him by himself. Likewise, everyone who kneels down to drink, and the number of those who lapped, putting their hands to their mouths, was three hundred men. But all the rest of the people knelt down to drink water. And the Lord said to Gideon, With the three hundred men who lapped, I will save you and give, Midi- give the Midianites into your hand and let all the others go go home. So this is, this is radical, right? I mean, he went from 32,000 people to 300 people. And the Lord says, hey, I'm going to honor you and I'm going to um, take your land back with these people. So the people took provisions in their hands. Oh, sorry, verse 8. So the people took provisions in their hands and their trumpets and sent out the rest of Israel's men to his tent, but retained the 300 men, and the camp of Midian was below him in the valley. Verse 9. The same night the Lord said to him, Arise, go down to the camp, for I have given it into your hand. But if you are afraid, go down or if you are afraid to go down, go down to the camp with Pura, your servant. Standard American name. Verse 11. And you shall hear what they say, and afterwards your hands shall be strengthened to, for you to go down against the camp. Then he went down with Pura, his servant, to the outpost with the, with the armed men who were in the camp. 
So still, again, Gideon has had three signs from the Lord saying, hey, I'm legit and I'm in this, but he's still afraid, so he's taken one of his servants. Verse 12, And the Midianites and the Amalekites and all the people of the east lay along the valley like locusts in abundance. And their camels were without number as the sand that is on the seashore in abundance. When, when Gideon came, behold, a man was telling a dream to his comrade. And he said, behold, I dreamed, I dreamed a dream, and behold, a cake of barley bread tumbled into the camp of Midian. And it came to the tent and struck, and struck it that it fell and turned it upside down so that the tent lay flat. And his comrade answered, This is no other than the sword of Gideon and the son of Joash, a man of Israel. God has given into his hands Midian and all the camp. So weird dream, you know, some of us have weird dreams. Uh, this is a weird one. A piece of bread falling into the camp and turning all the temps, tents upside down. But this this kind of is shows how creative our God is and how he's always got our back. What this is saying is bread, which we which we learn um, is is kind of Jesus's nickname, the bread of life, right? Um, the provider, if we can use that language. Um, bread is then tumbling into their camp because he um, because the Lord's already um, given it to him. So the bread that I'm talking about is um, the same bread that Moses needed for his people. Manna, right? He, the Lord is providing, right? This is what this dream is meaning is this, this bread tumbling into the camp is saying, is saying to Gideon that the Lord has provided. The Lord has come again and has provided for you um, despite your fear, despite your insecurity, despite you operating in your own identity. The Lord has provided and he's going to turn it into your hands because he's the one that satisfies and knows what's best for us. Cool? Verse 15, as soon as Gideon heard the telling of the dream and its interpretation, he worshiped and he returned to the camp of Israel and said, Arise, for the Lord has given the host of Midian into your hand. So a fearful Gideon walked down into a camp, needed to take his servant, and now he heard a dream and now stopped everything that he was doing and worshiped the Lord. Kind of cool, right? Really cool. He divided the 300, sorry, verse 16. He divided the 300 men into three companies, three groups of 100 guys, put trumpets in their hands and all of them, and empty jar of all of them, and empty jars with torches inside of the jars. And he said to them, look at me and do likewise. When I come to the outskirts of the camp, do as I do. When I blow the trumpet, I and all who are with me then blow trumpets also on every sides of the camp and shout for the Lord and for Gideon. Weird way, weird battle tactic. Let's keep going. Verse 19. So Gideon and the hundred men who were with him came to the outskirts of the camp and, and beginning of the middle watch when they had just set the watch and they blew the trumpets and smashed the jars that were in their hands 
and the three companies blew the trumpets and broke their jars. They held in their left hands the torches and their right hands the trumpet to blow. And they cried out, A sword for the Lord and for Gideon. Verse 21. And every man stood in his place around the camp, and all the army ran and, cl- and cried out and fled. When they blew when they blew the 300 trumpets, the Lord set every man's sword against his comrade and against the army. And the army fled as far as Bethsheda towards Zabira and in order of all these weird names. And the men of Israel were called out from Nephtali and Asher and from Manesh and they pursued after Gideon or after Midian. Gideon sent messengers throughout all the hill country of Ephraim, saying, Come down against the Midianites and capture the waters against them. So all the men of Ephraim were called out and captured the waters of Bethrab and the Jordan, and also the Jordan. They captured the two princes of Midian, Oreb and Zeb. They killed Oreb at the rock and Oreb. And Zeb they killed at the winepress of Zeb. Then they pursued Midian and brought the heads of Oreb and Zeb to Gideon across the Jordan. Okay, so the ultimate underdog story, the ultimate, um, I mean, rooting for the little guy, you know? Gideon um, brought a trumpet to battle instead of a sword. It's weird, weird tactic. But one I want to kind of drill home tonight is... That the Lord provided, yes, one. And second, despite his fear, the Lord still showed up. So what I want to get at is it says the army was the amount of locusts and the camels were the amount of, of um, sand on the seashore. So sometimes in our life we think... We have these huge things in front of us, and they're overwhelming. And what I want to tell you tonight is that it's just vapor. It's not that big of a deal. And it's vapor because the Lord, if the Lord can conquer the sand on a seashore of angry men with swords and bow and arrows and full armor and all of this stuff, the Lord can also conquer your battle that you're facing tonight. The Lord can conquer your family struggle tonight. The Lord can conquer your your identity struggle tonight. He can do it. We we follow a, a Savior who says, Come to me, all who are burdened, for my yoke is easy. I mean, that's comforting, right? In God's sight, in eternal sight, the struggle you're going through right now is small. Yeah, he knows that it means a lot to you and he knows that he that he needs to show up in a mighty way and he knows that you're scared and all of these things, but it's small to him and we shouldn't be all worked up about it because it's vapor. It's here for a second and gone the next. That battle was overwhelming to Gideon. Your battle is overwhelming to you. But the bottom line is It's not overwhelming to God because if he's for us, nothing can stand against us. And that's really good news. And I wouldn't want it any other way. Because I face things that are scary all the time. But I know the Lord's on my side 
and you should know the Lord's on your side, and he can conquer anything that comes into your way that is holding you back from him. You know, Gideon had this woe is me mindset at the beginning. Now he's got this, holy cow, I, I have the Lord of the universe, the creator of the universe on my side. We might think we have so many battles and so many sand on the seashore, but it's really small to God. It's so tiny to God, and he can handle it. So I guess what I'm trying to say is stop putting your hope on the temporary, and let's put our hope on the eternal tonight. And let's change our our vapor mindset to an obedience mindset. Yeah, it took Gideon a second to get obedient, and to have that trust and faith, I'm sure the Lord will have the same patience with you because he's calling you to great things. He's calling you to bigger things than yourself. And he doesn't want them to be overwhelming because they're just vapor. So let's take a step back and say, all right, God, what do you want me to do with this? And then be obedient. Instead of what should I do with this? Say, God, what do you want me to do with this? And glorify God and be obedient to God and trust in God and have faith in God because he knows what you need and he is the bread of life. He's the one who provides. You know? Pretty cool. Yes? Cool. Well, hit us up on social media. If you need anything, um, please reach out to us. We're here for you guys. Um, And if you want to get involved, get involved. Go check out our Facebook page and um, come to the pumpkin patch and come to the come to the worship night and come to uh, come to Buckaroo. Bring your bring your friends, bring your nieces and nephews, bring your cousins, and uh, let's just let's have a good time. Okay, sweet. That's it for the home podcast. See you next week, or talk at you next week. <laughs>